Flawcast, episode 156, The Path of Least Resistance. Victory will never be found by taking the path of least resistance. Winston Churchill. Flawcast, get in the arena. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, happy Saturday, Sunday, I don't know, I don't, Friday if you listen when these first come up, whatever. I want to welcome and thank everybody for tuning in another week. Are you esteemed, wonderful, loyal, wholeheartedly devoted Flawcast Nation? We do appreciate it. And uh, before I go any further, I have to stop and show my appreciation to my partner in crime, Mr. Carl Tuckerson. Mr. Tuckerson, how art thou today? Mr. William, I'm very well. I appreciate it. I'd like to also say hello to the listeners. I don't usually do that. I feel compelled this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whenever they are listening, to say welcome to them also. But I'm doing very, very well. Thank you for asking. Well, absolutely. I mean, that's how we roll. So, all right. But once again, we want to do thank you guys. And we're asking to share. This is, this is what we're learning is such a vital part of what is going on, what we believe God's doing in uh, this little little podcast, and we just appreciate you sharing. So you can find us anywhere, podcasts are uh, anywhere, Flawcast, CLE, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker. We are on anchor.fm. You can also find us on Rumble. That's under Flawed Inc. You can message us. You can look us up. You can follow us on our Project Mockingbird social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on Getter. We're on Gab. Uh, Some funky something in the parlor this last week. They're going through a renaming or something. So, uh, for our local or our, for our loyal listeners, find us on Parlor. I hope we can uh, reconnect with you guys soon. I'm not sure what's going on there, but anyway, uh, link below. Find a copy of my book, Smith's Heart of Man Repair Manual. I uh, just got a message from another one of our uh, loyal listeners, Mr. Chad, who uh, thank you, brother. He went on vacation and took a picture of the book in front of a very beach tropical setting and said, man, you'll never know where you're th- where this thing's going to turn up. So I'm very appreciated. But you can get your copy and travel the world with it. Uh, take a picture, <laughs> send it back, whatever you like to do. Link is below, and our email is flawedinccle at gmail.com. But I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Tuckerson to a second favorite time of the episode. Okay, everyone, please take your right hand, place it over your left heart, and repeat after us. I, I pledge, pledge allegiance to the flag. flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. All right. Well, Carl, have at it. You uh, have an open floor, my friend. Well, I appreciate it, Mr. William. Thank you. Again, we glean from our life, don't we? (laughs) I mean, I I guess there's no greater source than the day-to-day life that each one of us live and the listeners they can reflect and evaluate critique and grade and look at your own life and see if this doesn't apply but i had mentioned to you that one of the things that i am going through is the right path i've i've presented myself by my choices with different path choices. And 
I know I am not the only person that is figuring the puzzle of life out. And so when you are presented with options and you're presented with paths and choices and opportunities, you are taught that the path of least resistance is the path to choose. Have you ever heard that in your travels? Well, I've heard that, uh, you know, people travel like water and electricity, which is the path of least resistance. Um, You know, I've also heard that every beginning is some other beginning's end. So take that for what you will. Wow. I, I've heard that myself and it slipped my mind. Well, it's, it's from a song. It's called Closing Time by semi I guess what would make it easier is if I could see the end of the path oh, well, when I started on the path. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, for real. No, right? I, 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 you know, the funny thing is I think a large majority of us would probably conduct our life 90 to 95% different if we knew the end from... You know, and it's not really the beginning or the end. It's kind of the in-betweens. Yeah. And I think the end is a result of those in-betweens. But if we had foresight before we started anything, I'm sure those in-betweens would all look different. What would you do if I let you know that the person that loves you the most has already walked on your path in your future? And they already know what's best for you. And they already know where the pitfalls are. They already know where the booby traps are. And you could walk with that person every day. And that person would tell you when to take a step and when to stop. And they would tell you when to take a step and when to stop. And I was like, man, I would really love to have that. But that's really what our relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit is supposed to be like he's supposed to the holy spirit has a responsibility in the godhead he has a responsibility in the trinity and his responsibility is twofold first and foremost he leads secondly he comforts so as he leads you on this path yet taken he knows that as he's leading you he must comfort you because we're walking, no disrespect, Mr. William, but we're walking <laughs> blindly. Yeah, yeah. In more, walking, in more ways than one sometimes. Yes, we're walking by faith. Right. And so I wanted to know, am I the only one that is allured by choosing a path of least resistance? I can't think that you are. I, I know sometimes, especially when you go down paths, you're like, wow, I, it'd be nice to take a vacation or at least have things not be consistently as stressful. I mean, especially in the world that we live in right now, it's like every time you turn around, there's some other godforsaken this catastrophe going on. But Yeah, that kind of ties into my thinking on this is that the time that we are in so no longer can we look at each other and say well i'll tell you man where where things are going where things are heading i'm saying where we are Mm -hmm. is a struggle it's (laughs) it's it's a battle it's stressful it's fearful it people are panicked people are having anxiety people are tormented by the spirit of fear 
it's an everyday thing that we are now in. And so I want to defeat that. I want to abolish that. And I love that quote with Winston Churchill that we began about victory, because that's really what we all are looking for. Victory. Yeah. You don't fight to lose. You fight to win. And so I wanted to just take real quickly, briefly, and have you comment. Okay. Three great and mighty miracles that were at the path that some Bible characters took. And I don't believe that any of them knew the path that they were on was going to lead to the miraculous. I don't believe that. I'm going to start with Daniel. Daniel was faithful. Daniel was wise. Daniel was good looking. More importantly, Daniel was anointed because of his relationship and his covenant with God, with Jehovah. And there was a decree that came out. And that decree said that you cannot pray to any other God. You must stop that prayer. You must quit praying to any other God other than the God of Nebuchadnezzar. He will tell you who God is and whose God you can pray. The problem that Daniel had, well, not the problem, the choice that Daniel had to make was not do I stop praying, but do I keep my window closed? You know, I was thinking about that. So he had a routine. He opened up his window, he got down, and he prayed towards Jerusalem. That was the capital that his heritage and him recognized. And as he prayed to Jehovah, he didn't do it in quiet. He didn't do it in secret. He did it with the window open. And I was like, he was presented with a choice on this path. Mr. William, how easy would have, would have it been for him to keep praying but yet close the window? It would have been very easy. I mean, people probably don't think about that choice he made. Is that the path of least resistance is this. I'll keep praying, but I'll just close the window. Well, and I don't know what, to be precise, his exact customs were. But, you know, when I pray, like I was just talking to you about, like when I'm on my walks, I pray. Like nobody knows what I'm doing. You know, like there, there could have been a, a concealment, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, in, in his devotion time. Well, he felt compelled as a total submission in his covenant to face the East. He felt compelled to open and be proud, open, open the window, be proud, pray towards that city. You're in captivity. You're where you are, but you don't recognize where you are. As your capital, you recognize where you came from. Where did my heritage start? Where, where did God have a people that he called my people? And when that was uh, recognized by the Jews as Jerusalem, Daniel accepted that. That was his custom. That was his belief. That was his commitment, his covenant to God. Right. And so a decree comes out, and he, in his choice... The path of least resistance would have simply been to just pray in quiet and don't 
carry your custom and your tradition and your commitment. But he chose differently. And as we see in the end, I think when he made that decision, he could have had no idea that that decision, that path was going to lead to major resistance in the form of a lion's den. And when he went in there and the miracle happened where, where God shut the mouth of the lion, when he came out, a revival broke out. Nebuchadnezzar made the decree that you can't pray to any other God except the God of Daniel now. <laughs> so here we see if he would have chosen that path of least resistance, we would have robbed God of the opportunity to show who he was by that miracle. Then I'm reminded of his buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And now this one, how easy would it have been with the thousands of people surrounding him, them, if they would have just simply bowed like everybody else? I mean, come on. It's just for a second. It doesn't really mean anything. I mean... No one will really know that inside I'm really serving God. I'm just doing that. I'll get lost in the crowd. That's the path of least resistance. That's the easy way. And I'm concerned that even in my life, because of the way people are around me, that would call me crazy for doing the difficult things that I choose to do to honor God. For taking the hard path of right, trying to be righteous and treat others fairly and do unto others as I want them to do to me and take the approach of Jesus in the way I conduct myself. That path generates resistance. It generates ridicule. It generates difficulty and stress and it makes me physically tired and it is demanding and it is difficult when you do things the right way or the honorable way. Other people will look at you and say, you've absolutely lost your mind. But when these three boys didn't bow, when they stood their ground, they had no idea when they were on that path that they were giving God an opportunity to do the miraculous. And, you know, we talk on this podcast all the time about how we want to see the miracles. We need to see the miracles. We talk about the miraculous, and we act like somehow God doesn't desire to do the miraculous, or maybe something's wrong with God. But the reality is, if we keep choosing the path that is easy, and we keep compromising, what we're really doing is we're robbing God of the opportunity to move through us. See, these guys chose the path that seemed difficult, but at the end of that path, there were great and mighty miracles that came through them as Jesus stood with them in the fire. He never would have had the opportunity to stand with those three boys if those three boys would have chose the easy path to bow. And it blows my mind when I'm studying in Bible that they made that decision and I'm confronted every day that I live as I dedicate my day, and I know you you do this too, to God in bringing what this day has that we don't know, but we want to you know glorify him in the conduct that we partake in, in the way that we live our life. I believe if we just start to take a step 
through the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit, knowing in our heart we're on the right path, doing it the God way, the way we're instructed in his word, I truly believe, Mr. William, we will start to see God have opportunity to do mighty acts. I concur. And then I said, I wonder if Jesus ever battled <laughs> for the path of least resistance. And then I, before, I, before I started studying, I was like, how dare you even think that? But then, you know, I've been on this rabbit hole of the crucifixion. Like, I, I think the last two podcasts, I've kind of gleaned from it. Yeah. And it, and it happened again, but this time it led to the pre-crucifixion. And I wanted to study a little bit about what Jesus went through in the garden and I, of Gethsemane, in the garden of Gethsemane. Mm -hmm. And what blew my mind, I never paid attention in how many ever years, starting all the way back in preschool, then working my way up to Sunday school, going through a, a theological degree in Bible college. I never paid attention to this. Mr. William, I'm going to make a statement to you that may blow your mind. I dare you to. Jesus looked for a path of least resistance. That was my, my savior. And when I say I, he looked, I'm going to show you not that he could jump on it. Right. But did it just exist? Is there an option? Thank you. Yes. But the thing is. He didn't just ask once. Listen at this. I'm going to give some scripture now, and it's, it's um, in chronological order, to show the progression of what Jesus was going through leading up to his crucifixion. Okay, let's do that. Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. Going a little farther, a little farther into the garden... He fell face down and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. That was the first time in his struggle. He wanted another path, if it was possible. And he asked the question. Then, Matthew chapter 26, verse 42. So mind you, Mr. William, he wants another path. He's asking if it is your will. Is there an option? Be clear. Yes. Then yes. he goes three scriptures later. A second time, he went away a little farther into the garden, and he prayed, and he said this again, My father, if this cup cannot pass unless I drink it, May your will be done. Same thing. He's saying the path that I'm getting ready to go down. Is there another way? If there is, I want to jump on it. But nevertheless, if this is the path, if this is what I have to do and endure for our plan for salvation, then I'll do it. This is the one that blew my mind. You know, I found in my study that Jesus may have asked his father four times. 
Hmm. Certainly three, but possibly four. And he wanted another way because he knew that that path had a lot of resistance. And then listen at this last desperation. Listen at this last desperation. And I, w I want everyone to listen to this. I, I pay more attention to what I'm getting ready to say here when I read the scripture. Mark chapter 14 and verse 36. Final time. He says, Abba, Father. He's saying, Daddy. N Daddy. Like, I'm crying out to you in the most vulnerable, infant Oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Unable, totally dependent way, Abba, Daddy, Father. All things are possible unto thee. So he is saying, not only am I saying, is there another way? I'm appealing to you as a baby to a daddy. I know who you are and all things are possible. Unto you, take away this cup from me. But even after crying like an infant that is helpless to their dad, which is what Abba presents, the most intimate of relationship of a baby, totally dependent, he tells him, I know this about you. All things are possible unto thee. So it's almost like he's convincing him. He's saying, wait a minute now, I'm feeling like there is no other way, but I know you can do this. I know there could be another way because all things are possible unto you. But then after this struggle of, the, of searching for this path, he finishes it and he says, nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou will. Man, there's some things I wish I could change. I, there are some things that I'm going through that I wished I wasn't. There are some things right now that I have asked God to take away. But as I am still going through the, the things and as there are still the struggles that are there, I look to my savior and I see that I shouldn't feel ashamed that I have asked God if there's another way. I shouldn't feel embarrassed. I shouldn't feel guilty. I shouldn't feel bad that I have asked him if there is another way because on the path to the cross, Jesus had that conversation with his father and he wanted to know can I get another path? But in the end, if this is the path, I will endure the cross for the joy that is set ahead of me. And that is where I feel accepting the path of difficulty, as long as it is the path the Holy Spirit is leading you on, will be the path for the miraculous.
I believe that the path of difficulty that we run from is the very path where God develops us and he grows us. I believe that's where faith grows. I believe that that's where intimacy intensifies on that path. I believe that that's where anointing grows. I believe at the end of that journey is the journey to the miraculous and the mighty and the miracles. And so I want to encourage people, quit looking for the easy way out and just be led on the path you are on through and by the Holy Spirit as your partner. And if he takes you to another path with least resistance, then be thankful, be grateful, enjoy that, appreciate that, but know that if the path that you're on, you have, you have honor and integrity and your heart is right, and you're pursuing the things of God that are in his word, you're right where God wants you. You're right where he wants you. And the Bible says that the tribulation, the tribulation is what develops faith. The tribulation is what develops patience. So I would say that these earthly struggles and discomforts and battles are developing eternal characteristics. I feel that that is what is happening in this life we're living is that as we struggle in the flesh, we're growing our spirit. We're growing eternal characteristics and that this is the journey and that this is the process. Outside of the idea of the path of least resistance, there's one unifying subject matter that uh, runs concurrent throughout all three examples. And the two thoughts that I have are, one, whether you look at Daniel, whether you look at Shadrach, Meshach, or in, in Abednego, who, who we've spoken towards many times here, uh, or you, you talk about this, this fresh revelation of Christ being at the the fork in the road, if you will, because mm-hmm. the scripture says he could have called down legions, yes. ten thousand or yes. ten thousand angels, but that would have put us back up against it. There'd been no change for us, right? But the thing that runs concurrent throughout is not just the threat of death of our earthly body, but in all three cases. Um, a real tangible, I mean, it, you know, being devoured by lions doesn't seem pleasant and no. being, being burnt to death doesn't seem pleasant. Both incidents would assuredly lead to death. Uh, but the, the process that Christ endured on the cross, and once again, because this is post Easter, it's such a, still a fresh thing in our mind. The thought came to me, and I'm going to share two scriptures that came if I came to my mind, if, if, if you don't mind. Uh, the first one here is Second uh, Corinthians 5, chapter 8, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified. It says, we are, as I was saying, of good courage and confident hope and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be present at home with the Lord. 
Uh, another translation says, to be absent from our body is to be present with the Lord, um, which basically means if we're not here occupying, if our spirit isn't here occupying this earthly vessel, this this earth suit, if you will, we are hopefully going to be with the Lord the other thing I wanted to share, uh, and this is from 1 Corinthians 15, verse 5. Uh, it says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? And in both cases here, we we often feel, and of course with Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Jesus, the, the tangible threat of death was there. Oh, yeah. From For for them making the willful decision of taking the path of most resistance, right. um, the, the threat of a ending their life on this planet was here, yet they still made that choice. Uh, in Christ's case, he made that choice for us. But the other thing that came to my mind is how many times without the threat of impending death, have we been faith, faced with situations that we've given in to the path of least resistance when we could have, when, when, the, when that threat wasn't there? Maybe, maybe the threat was looking dumb or, looking, exactly. or being embarrassed. Or and, having less time to yourself. And, right. we, you know, and we choose to not help. Right. Simple things like that. Exactly. And, but, but what I also believe is important is whether we are facing death square in the face, which I feel like that's just like hurtling towards us, or we're just faced with, oh man, I gotta, you know, I gotta do something I really just don't want to do. Right. Uh, I, I feel like the big takeaway from this this week, Carl, is these situations to take the path of least resistance or the road less travel, if you will, or how, you know, however you want to word it. Um, though, those are consistent. Like even, even if you read the life of Daniel and, and, and he had many times where, you know, certainly Christ, I mean, he, he, the other thing I was thinking about, you know, when he was tempted in the desert by the devil, yes. You know, he's like, Hey, you're, he hadn't eaten. He was fasting. He's like, Hey man, I'll give you some, some food and some water. Right. And, you know, you go, most people go a couple hours and they're hangry and they're ready to rip someone's head off. Uh, you know, he took him to the heights and he's like, Hey, I'll give, I'll get, I'll let you rule everything. You know, so, so the, this temptation to consistently do the, the right thing, taking the paths, the path of most resistance is really the only path that we see throughout history that is the ones we remember. Like yes. the, the reason we quoted Winston Churchill at the beginning of the show, and we have many other shows, mm -hmm. is because he's our guy. He's our guy. But time after time, he made a willful decision to pay, take the path of most resistance because he realized, certainly uh, in, in the era that he was in, the path of least resistance is is death. It is what leads to that. And and I'm just you know I'm just sitting here thinking like what a what a powerful thought, you know, and I don't, I want to dispel, I'm just going to cut it off if I can. Yeah. Any, you know, Christ was fully God and he was fully man while he was here on this 
planet. Like he went through every temptation we did. And that is so he could uh, relate to us in our need, in our time. So, you know, um, it's like having a boss that's like, hey, go do this and this and this. And you're like, dude, you have no idea how to do this. And you're, you're, you're putting these restrictions on me and you're telling me go do this, but you don't understand what it takes to do it. That's not the case. You know, Jesus came down and, and with his own hands and feet and eyes and ears and mouth endured the temptations that we do so that he could say that we don't have a high priest that cannot relate to our pain and our suffering and our temptations. Yet he didn't succumb to any of those. And we are able through him. And and really it's only through him that we can maintain that, you know, getting off the the main highway and, and taking that path of resistance, which in my experience is normally the right path, it's a constant day after day, maybe month after month, sometimes second after second decision to say, I'm going to stay here. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going to buckle down. I'm going to put my head against the wind. I agree. I have not been really impacted in, 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 a, in a really, in, in a uniquely powerful way that personalized to me because of how I have been praying and because of some of the desires that I have been having and because of where I am, where I came from and where I want to go. And when I came across Mark chapter 14 and verse 36, And I know that at least two times Jesus had already made an appeal to God to remove the cup, but he always said, nevertheless. And then when I saw the final appeal, the way he cried out differently was just like, I am so helplessly crying out to you, daddy. And he was like appealing to him in desperation, which is how I have been feeling. And I know other people have been feeling that way that you, you try and you, and and you want to make sure, you know, you don't want to endure this far and throw it all away because you can't take it or you can't keep enduring or you don't want to. Right. Like we've come too far to just, be too weary to keep doing things with honor. We got to keep fighting. We have to keep pushing forward and we cannot succumb to this idea that says, I still can make it to heaven. I'm still going to be a Christian. I still am going to have relationship with the heavenly father, but I'm just going to choose to do things a little more dishonestly, a little more unethically. And you start to fall into a trap that becomes a, I'm going to take a break or you're going to call a timeout and you're going to just catch your breath. And the next thing you know, you're ensnared in a lifestyle change because your mind changed. And we talked about every action beginning with a thought. And when you start to allow just this one time 
just this one time, then it's so much easier for the next time and the next time. And so I just was so moved with Mark chapter 14, verse 36, when he says, all things are possible unto thee. Basically, he's reminding God, I know you could do this. <laughs> right. I know you can do anything. And I can't tell you how many times, Mr. William, alone, when I thought I couldn't take it any anymore, I've tried to convince God that I know how miraculous he is just so I could get him to use some of that miraculousness in my life to remove what I was going through. I don't know if that was me trying to manipulate or outsmart. It's just like, I know you could do it. You could click your finger. You could flick your finger and this battle would be over. But I don't necessarily know if the battle that I am praying for God to remove isn't the battle that God's going to use to glorify himself through a miracle as I remain faithful. Because that's what happened when Jesus laid his life down. When he died, what happened three days later? He resurrected. That great miracle took place. He came out of the tomb. He didn't stay dead, but he had to get dead. To rise, you have to die. To come back from the dead, you have to be dead. So even on his journey and on his path, what he went through got him to the mighty miraculous. And so that's where I want to end today is by saying, I know God can do anything. I truly believe it. And Jesus knew it because he reminded God or he maybe was confirming so that we would read it like I just did and be encouraged. I don't know, but I know God can do anything, but my limited mind, my limited understanding and knowledge, I have to defer to him. I have to turn it over to him. I have to embrace the struggle and know that if I'm struggling, it's because I'm moving. If I'm if I'm struggling, if I'm in a battle, it's because I'm gaining ground. I'm gaining territory. You don't lose ground and still remain in a battle. When you retreat, you run away so you don't engage. You don't go forward to get away from the battle. You go forward to get through the battle. And I want all of the listeners and all of our friends and family I just want us all to be encouraged because I feel like it's a unifying mindset to be searching for a different path, one that may be less burdensome, less heavy, and no, Jesus shows us here. He had a discussion with God. He was looking for another path if possible, but in the end, nevertheless, not what Jesus wanted but what God willed. And when we can get to that point, we're guaranteed to win the victory. Guaranteed, as Winston Church Churchill said, the victory is at the end of the path with resistance. If you're on that path, you're on the path to victory.
If you are on the path where there is no resistance, you are on the path to defeat. There is no doubt about it. In the end, the consequences will overtake you. Right. And I don't really have too much else to add other than this was great. A lot to chew on and process. And I think when when you just said there, you know, if you're going on the path, path of least resistance uh, you can also look at it like the path of ac- acquiescence or the yeah. the path of um you know being a traitor or the path of you know the the path of least resistance to me is always like just the wrong thing like to to, to me it just makes sense like yeah life is struggle like, mm-hmm. like even if you just look at a kernel falling, and there's a there's a scripture where you know Christ talks about unless a kernel a ground fall or a kernel falls into the ground and dies, and then gets planted and lives, it will be start to grow. Like there is that you know, but that kernel has to fall into the ground and the and has to die. Then it can open and then it pushes through the dirt in the soil to so. so that path of resistance is the path of life. That's just it. And, you know, so many times I can just speak for myself, like, okay, I'm just shutting down. Mm-hmm. I'm becoming numb. Yeah. You know, the war is still waging. You're just in the middle of everything. And it's like, sometimes you need to do that. So I'm not faulting anybody, but I just, I know for myself and I, and I know for you and what we're talking about, like that resistance reminds you you're alive, that there's something that you have to fight for. And, you know, and it might just be, I got to learn this lesson. As soon as you learn, you know, voila, it's done. But yeah. Um, so least, learn quick, people. Yeah, there you go. So uh, great, great job, Carl. I, I'm so thankful that you shared this. was a good one. I, I Like I said, a lot to chew on in this one. Um, please share. Please send this to anybody you think may benefit from it. And I think there's a lot of people out there that would. Uh, you can find us anywhere. Podcast are Flogcast CLE. We're on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker, uh, Anchor.fm. You can also find us on Rumble under Flat Inc. along with the Project Mockingbird social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all under Flat Inc. We're also on Gab. We're also on Getter. Uh, link below for my books, Miss Heart of Man Repair Manual. Uh, go ahead and get that because I think you need it. And then <laughs> if you want to email us, flawedincle at gmail.com. Uh, any questions, comments, or concerns, or you can send us a message on our social media. We'll definitely respond to that. But I want to thank you guys for listening. Please share, and uh, we will see you next week.